0: Welcome to the Who Cares podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hettinger. Care matters. You feel better when you know somebody cares about you. And people feel better when they know you care about them. But there is so much more. Mastering caring skills equips you to engage with people around some very heavy subjects when they need care and help the most. And as people respond to you, you will be energized to realize that your care is making a difference. But most of all, when people of faith care effectively, the world is able to experience God's love and care. So we're here with stories and with leaders to talk about grief, trauma, addiction, mental illness, poverty, and more so that we can find the answer to the questions, how can we care better? What can we do to provide the best care? Today, I'm pleased to have Susan, my wife, back on the podcast with me as we talk about wanting to make a difference, wanting to know your life makes a difference in somebody else's life. She brings an interesting perspective in the way we go back of when we both discovered that just doing life and doing ministry does not give you the satisfaction that you're making a difference in somebody else's life. There is a way to relate to people, uh, a type of approach to caring for people. It's there that you know you're making a difference. And isn't that what we all really want to do? Know that we're making a difference in somebody else's life. So that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today, and I'm glad to have Susan back to do that. But before we do talk about that, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. For more real-life stories, useful resources, and some really important organizations that care for people in wonderful and special ways, go to our website, bestcareministry.com. Look around the blog, uh, listen to other... Uh, resources, and uh, maybe even previous podcasts. And and look at the page that shows about other organizations, and you'll learn a lot. com. It's a chance to get connected with the best care, to get connected with the care ministry world. And an opportunity for you to support us financially. And we do need your support so that we can keep producing podcasts and other materials such as the upcoming seven essentials for caring that makes a difference material. Uh, Your financial donations will be greatly appreciated and used to help other ministries thrive in care so that people feel God's love go to the donate page of the website and make a recurring donation or a one-time donation it will be very helpful and we would appreciate it now let's listen to my conversation with Susan about how caring assures us that we will make a difference in someone else's life Susan I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast today we're talking about a complex part of care ministry. I actually hope that our discussion helps address the stigma that care ministry is just a polite gentleness of being kind and touchy-feely in ministry. Care ministry is so much more important than that. It really is where our ministry becomes effective. It's where transformation takes place because everything in our theology ultimately is about relationships. From the very beginning when God created heaven and earth, even the relationship within the Trinity got the creation going. And then after that, he had the garden where he walked with people in the cool of the evening. And at the end of time, after all the time passes, he comes back to take us to be with him in heaven so that where he is, we will be also also relationship and everything in between there's relationship. I mean, we think of him as our shepherd, the the good shepherd who cares for us. And in the new Testament, he's a gardener who prunes us and helps us to be most productive. And he works very intimately with us. And so this, when we're in relationship that's when we're most productive how do you respond to that how does that strike you as a as a woman as a person who's been in the church and a christian for a long time
1: um i i was thinking as you were talking about that that how really kind of unbelievable it is that god has you know the father decided to be so relational and every step of the way through from the beginning of creation until you know we get into the new testament toward the end of time it's all about relation like you just said but i was even thinking it's not just you know the gardener he talks about him being the vine and where the branches he talks about him being the bread of life so he's feeding us you know he's He's feeding us and he's nurturing us and he's giving us his living water. So he, it's all about, you know, meeting the needs of the people that he loves. And, um, I don't know that when you, the way you said that just triggered that in my mind in a new way. Um, it's funny how you're a Christian for a long time. And you know, these, these, um, concepts, but all of a sudden something happens to trigger something. You go, wow, I hadn't thought about that before. Just now I thought about that.
0: And when you think of him being the bread of life and feeding us, what we really see there is he's caring for us.
1: Yes. Yes. He cares about even our, our food. He cares about our needs i mean you remember when he talked he said about how your heavenly father don't worry about tomorrow what you will eat and what you will drink and what you will wear your heavenly father knows what you need so he knows every aspect of the needs that we have whether it's you know our food and drink or our what we have to wear or you know all of these little intricacies of life he cares about them And he even goes beyond that to provide a way to give us eternal life. It's not just about this life, but it's about the life to come. And he cares about that as well.
0: Now, I'm going to ask a question that may sound ridiculous, almost absurd here at first. If he cares about us so much and he wants us to get all that good care, How much does he give directly to us? And how much does he use other people to care for us? Mm. Because it seems like his plan is to care for us that way, but to use other people to be his hands and feet in this world and to use us to care for people. And yet when you boil it down, the most difficult thing for us to do is in our relationships. We we can work alone. We can build things. We can, add figures together and keep good accounting. But when it comes to our relationships, we struggle. Sometimes we're not very good. And I think many churches struggle with the ability to care for one another. We're not perceived as being a very caring group of people. And I've just been thinking lately, when the church understands people, And people feel they are understood by the church. They'll know the church doesn't just understand doctrine and doesn't just Mm -hmm. understand God, but understands people. Mm -hmm. And when people feel understood by the church, they'll feel cared for by the church and they'll feel cared for by Christians and they'll feel cared for by
1: God. Ultimately, the way we care about the world, about our neighbors, about our family, about the people that are in need, when we care about them, we show them God. I think about often about that little phrase, being Jesus with skin on. And that's really, I think what we're called to do. We can get caught up in all of the programs and the you know church services and things like that. But it's harder to be in relationship with people because relationships are messy, you know?
0: Now this training manual that I've written and that we're making available to people is called the seven essentials for caring that makes a difference. And we get into seven basics. If, if we only learn those seven things, we'll care better for people. Mm. But I'm not going to talk as much about those seven things today as just, the the fact that we need to be committed to this concept of relationship being where we make a difference. I think everybody wants to live in a way that they know their life made a difference. They know their life Mm -hmm. touched another life in a way that leaves that life positively impacted, whether it's our spouse, our kids, our uh, neighbors, our friends, our church people, people in our small group, we hope that when we come to the end of our life, there's some people that say, this person made a difference in my life. And I think in our conversation today, that's where we should place our main focus, that relationships are where the difference is made because we have such a relational faith. And God's care for people is expressed in the way we care for people. So I'm thinking of a guy that I talked to, uh, and he was actually in one of our earlier episodes, episode three or four, he was a Stephen minister. And he said, I've done a lot of jobs at church. I've set up chairs, taken down chairs. I passed out bulletins. I was a greeter. I've done a number of different jobs but I didn't really feel like I was making a difference. And so he wanted to become a Stephen minister. He wanted to be trained. He wanted to be assigned to relationships so that he could walk with a person and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And he did. And not only was he a Stephen minister, but his care receiver responded so positively, they became lifelong friends. And his care receiver became a Stephen minister Mm -hmm. because he wanted to do the same thing but when when he said that to me a light went on in my own mind of of why caring is so important because this is where we make a difference in other people's lives is when we we care for them we can do lots of jobs that are meaningful in their own right i don't want to diminish doing jobs. Jobs right. need to be done. But are we just doing jobs or are we making a difference in other people's lives? And and do we want to make a difference in other people's lives? I think many people do. Now, I remember when you went through an adjustment in your life, uh, you were working a job. Well, why don't you tell the listeners about when when you went and wanted to switch from an admin role to a people-relating role and what that role was like.
1: I'd like to back up just a little bit, um, maybe like a long ways back. (laughs) Because I was just thinking about in the early years of my life being a young mom. um, Back then, there were, um, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was a pastor's wife. I was a stay-at-home mom. I was very much engrossed in all of that. And later in life, as things changed for us, you know, and, and, and society changed and economy changed, I had to find myself going to work back to work. And nothing wrong with that. Um, that is very necessary for a lot of people, and it was for us. And I found a real, I found a place in a, um, in a municipality in Colorado, uh, where I served as a, I worked as a customer service representative. I sat at the desk. It was a nice gig. I really felt pretty, um, it was a pretty nice place to work. I, uh, I answered phones. I would, uh, I had, uh, well, I could write a book on the people I dealt with on the, <laughs> in, in, especially in Colorado when it would snow and people would call and complain about the fact that their street hadn't been plowed yet. And it was a, a lot of interesting characters I dealt with. Um, there were a lot of nice people. There were some not so nice people. There were some very interesting community events that I worked on for that town. Um, I really liked the people that I worked with there at the town.
0: So you did get to relate to people. Mm-hmm. You did get to engage with people, some positive and negative. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that you got to uh, rub elbows with all the VIPs in the town, too.
1: Yes, I was just going to say that. I, um, you know, and it's it wasn't a major big city. But it was a nice sized little town, and um I got to know the mayor, I got to know the council members I would set up um, the room for council meetings on you know what I forget what the day now was I think it was Monday or Tuesday uh, like one time a month and I would go in and I would set up uh, dinner for them I would set up all of their notes and all of that stuff there and it was kind of an interesting um place to work. And I really did like it. Um, there were some not so nice parts of it, but the people that I worked with on the whole were were very nice. And it was a, it educated me a lot. Um, so I enjoyed it. But I got to the point because being in ministry for my whole life, I never really stepped out of ministry. I've always valued where I felt like God called me. And being a pastor's wife, wife was very important to me. And discipling people and teaching Bible studies was very important to me. Being a worship leader was very important to me. But I found myself in this new role. And over time, I felt kind of drawn back into that. Uh, am I making a real difference in somebody's life? Um, I, I hope that I was um, a good example of Christ's love to my coworkers that did not know him. So there was that, but I just began to, at the end of it, I just began to feel like, God, are you calling me to something more? Are you calling me to make a deeper difference in somebody's life? And um, I started feeling that angst and that, that turmoil inside of me that I feel like I need to be doing something more than just answering phones and working on community events and rubbing elbows with, you know, Important people yes,
0: so a little bit like this guy at church, mm-hmm. he was doing important jobs mm-hmm. and and we want to be very careful on this podcast for people listening not to diminish or say what they're doing is unimportant, and we even realize that in your attitude and your interactions with people, you could see it as just doing a task or as doing it a task for people and helping people. But there did seem to be a wall that kept it from going to the place where you felt you were making a difference in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. You were, your interaction stopped somewhere around doing a chore, uh, or yeah. or just setting something up. Am I saying that correctly?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, but I also have to say, and I agree, we don't want to diminish. I mean, people work. We have we have people that work in jobs that are necessary, and that they they may not be doing the touchy, you know, they may not be doing the place where they're touching people's lives necessarily, but they're they're having to do tasks, and there's nothing wrong with that because people are needed to do tasks. But um, in my situation, I was feeling like. Is there something more that I need to be doing? We all need to be mindful of that verse. It says that anything we do, whatever we do, in word or deed, we do it all for the glory of God. We do it, we work as unto him. We work with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's for anything in our life. And we have to be, um, we have to be good workers. But getting back to my situation um, I just was feeling God was calling me to something more. So one Sunday I was at church and I saw a poster on the bulletin board there about home care assistance, which is a, um, an outfit that, um, lines people up, people that have needs at home, whether it's people that are in terminal diagnoses or older people that need someone to come in and just do um you know house chores for them or taking them to the the grocery store etc cetera, etc cetera. um that home care assistance helps to provide link up um you know workers with these people that have needs so i saw that poster on the wall and i thought wow maybe this is something i need to check into and i did and when i found it and i went in to interview for it i just something really really clicked in my spirit and i knew that god was calling me to to do something with this organization so um i you know i gave my supervisor at work uh 2 weeks notice and told her that I was what I was doing. And she was very, she was not real happy, but it it was flattering. You know, it wasn't that she was upset with me, but she was, she knew I needed to do something different. She knew me, she knew my heart and she knew I wanted to do something more. So she let me go, but she, but she and I actually are still good friends to this day, but I just felt like God was calling me to that. And so I ended up going in, uh, working for home care assistance and, started to feel a real sense that I was where God was, you know, landing me there. And I actually was doing something that was really making a huge difference. And it was just the little things that were making a huge difference in the lives of the people that I worked with.
0: Now, of course, we have to be careful not to give away any confidentialities. Mm-hmm. But I I think we can, in general, share a few stories. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember you I, I only met one of the ladies you talked to because she invited me to come and say a prayer since I was mm-hmm. a chaplain. I never met any of the other people and I did it with permission, but this was a lady who was incredible, uh, in the way <laughs> she, uh, escaped, uh, Nazi Germany and world mm-hmm. war two and, and had a very colorful life could have made a movie out of her life. And now she's in her late nineties and, uh, has memory issues and you just sat and mm-hmm. listened to her tell the same story over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. Yeah. But you felt like you were making a difference in her life because you were just with her every day. You were present and you listened mm-hmm. to her stories. How How did that make you feel? Am I describing that situation correctly?
1: Yes, it's, it's spot on. Um, and I will just kind of share this little peek into this. This woman, um, she did have a very uh, eventful life. She grew up in the time where, w- in a time where Hitler came to power and she ended up escaping out of Germany. And so many events happened. I can't, I can't share today. today. It would, it would It would take forever to share it. But just suffice to say, she was in Germany at the rise of Hitler and had to leave her parents behind the Iron Curtain. And um, I think I don't think she ever made it back to see her mother. I think there might have been one time where she did. But after she left, you know, that was to get back in was almost impossible, but her family was behind the iron curtain. And, um, she came to America through a whole series of events, uh, quite a colorful story. It was just, it's just fascinating. But here was this woman. I wanted to say all of that to say, here was this woman who had had this big life. And over time she fell, she had an injury and it, later in life, you know, many times when an older person has an injury, a fall or something like that, they, it really is a cascading effect and they lose their ability to be alone. And so she did. She kind of went from this world traveler. Uh, the history was phenomenal. She fell. And all of a sudden that big life became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And um, she ended up, she had this tiny little room in her daughter's townhome. And I would go in and sit with her. It was a couple of times a week. I would go in and she was sitting on her little day bed watching TV. And when she saw me come in, the biggest smile would come over her face. And she she would say, she said, oh, I'm so glad it's you. I'm so glad it's you. And she would never remember my name, but she remembered me. And we would just sit and talk. I would fix her lunch. Uh, Sometimes I would help her shower. Um, I would take her. I remember a couple of times I took her out for little appointments um, to get her uh, pedicures and manicures and things like that. And it was such, I mean, to see her face when I would walk in, it would make me feel so good about what I was doing. But to think that that, that my presence walking through the door in her little world would mean that much to her was really something I'll never forget. It wasn't anything big. It was simply sitting there and listening to her and talking to her and looking at her scrapbooks and her photo albums. And she would tell me the same stories every time. But I felt like I almost like I was on holy ground, just ministering to one of the least of these in so many ways.
0: So that is one way that we feel like we make a difference. And in one of our earlier episodes, I talked about how I had that switch when I went to hospice. And when I started to learn these essentials about presence Mm -hmm. and listening and just being with people and, and it was there that I started seeing a difference and then in Stephen ministry, when we would train people to just be present and, and listen, and the more we listen to people and the more we would get people to talk, something inside of them would start to loosen up mm-hmm. and, and the light of God's love and the warmth of his presence would shine into their dark and cold places of life and healing would start to take place and there was a, mm-hmm. a transformation in their life they would change. They would be healed. Mm-hmm. And I felt I was accomplishing more than I ever had before. I felt mm-hmm. like I was making a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about today to, to try to help people realize that, uh, when we care for people and when we learn how to care for people and, uh, and, and we're coming up with, uh, a few, very specific types of caring for people that everybody may go, well, that's not my thing. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily want to care for old people or I don't want to care for people in hospice, but I want to make a difference. You know, I want to make a difference in other people's lives. So the main thing I feel the need to point out today is in these seven essentials of care, what we're talking about is First of all do we have a desire in our hearts uh to care for other people do do we is that on our radar do we realize that that more than a task number 1 uh we want to make a difference in somebody else's life number 2 will we be other person oriented well well i actually look for other people that that some way need a touch from me now w- for you and me it was hospice it was caregiving but i mean i think it can be mentoring i think it can mm-hmm. be mentoring on the job and i think the more people talk about these particular skills and and look at them it isn't always even helping people with problems it's sometimes helping a people move a person move forward in their faith a, a person mm-hmm. achieve a goal a, a young couple Uh, build a relationship and build a family. And when we start engaging with people and becoming focused on them, these are so many ways that, that we can make a difference. Uh, But I, I think it may have been overlooked a little bit uh, like we talked about previously, and we don't realize the big difference we're making. And so if we are oriented toward other people and our area of interest, and then if we see the value of being present in another person's life, of sitting with them, of listening to them, of asking them questions, of getting them to talk about their story, being patient and, and watching it happen and then always being safe, trustworthy, dependable, confidential, uh, And ready for those relationships they're the seven essentials if we do that we're going to make a difference in other people's lives and if we get a whole population of people doing that if we get a whole church that starts doing that 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 realizes this is what we need to do to make a difference uh, ministry will change and so many people will find caring for people in that way is rewarding because Hooray, my life is making a difference in somebody else's life. Yeah. I'm not just going to church. I'm not just doing something. I'm making a difference.
1: I would, I would absolutely agree with that. And when I uh, shared this little story about my care receiver uh, uh, with home care assistance, I did get to the point with her that as I listened to her story, I was able to see the places where she was hurting and the things in her life that she just never quite found a resolution to. And she would share with me that she was afraid to die. And I just considered it such an honor to be able to share the gospel with her and to um, read her scripture and assure her, you know, if you know Jesus... God has prepared a place for you and I would read scripture to her and she would just go, Oh, that felt so good. Oh, that was so wonderful. Oh, that gives me hope. You know, whether it's in a caregiving relationship like I had, or it's somebody at work. Um, so often, I mean in, in my different time, different, uh, positions that I worked in, in different places over the years, when you pick up on people's stories, when you kind of have a tune, your ear tuned to people's stories, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. It's like when when the spirit of God opens you up to that, all you have to do is just listen. All you have to do is just tell. let them know that you're caring for them. Maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to be praying for you or um, just asking them how they're doing. You know, listen. Don't just listen to them be able to tell your story, but listen so that you know their story. And then you'll hear their needs and then you'll be able to um, minister to them in the way that they need to be ministered to.
0: And when we talk about listening in the seven essentials, the important point is listen to their story until they know they've been heard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It It is worthless if we say, I hear you, but they don't feel like they've been heard. Right. They have to know that they've been heard. And that is something that that we learn over time, and we kind of see that light go off in their eye when they know they've been heard but let's let's go full circle. Let's go back to where we began our conversation with you having this job where you were working around a lot of people, but never really got to feel like you were uh, never got to feel like you were were caring for people. We want the seven essentials to teach people how to care in every setting, in every setting. So you and I, we're talking about ministry settings. We don't want to give the idea that that's the only place you can care effectively for people. Mm -hmm. We certainly want to start there because if we're not caring well in our churches, if we're not modeling it well where we're teaching it, we're probably not going to do it well elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But if we do it well among our own selves, if if I care for you well as my wife and you care for me well as your husband and we care for people in our church, chances are then we're going to care for our neighbors. And when we care for our neighbors well, then we're going to care well in our church. And when we care well, both places, we're going to make a difference where we work. And we start Mm -hmm. getting this radar for people's stories and and then learning how to ask. So even when we're at work crossing paths, I know you cross paths with police officers, you know, and they went through some difficult things and they would come in and when they would unburdened sometimes to just be standing there at the front desk of town hall talking to you and talking to your uh your boss your your cohort out there in the front Mm -hmm. and you would learn stories and have a chance to to care for people and so the these seven essentials of care we we want it to be a whole culture not just these little siloed niches of care but we're talking about our stories because there are examples, and when we've seen it work in these settings, we want to take it and spread and watch it work everywhere.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I I th- I don't want it to sound like you know you just go in certain certain areas or those are the carrying areas. Right. <laughs> um, you can you can do this where you work. I mean, you know, I've always heard that little phrase about, you know, bloom where you're planted. Well, you know, men that are in the work world, they're managing banks or they're managing, you know, plants or, um, you know, women who are managing our office managers at a, at a medical facility or, um, whatever you're doing whether you're in a store you're you're a, you're a, um uh a customer service person at a store wherever you are get your holy radar up and look for people that need your care you know in and, and in it, it doesn't have to be everybody it just has to be one person
0: and, and it, operate in a way that you're paying attention and caring yeah. to others in one of the previous episodes, I had our good friend, Karen Shonhalls on, and she was talking about when she was training nurses and she trained them. You don't just go to the cancer patient in room three, mm-hmm. you go yeah, to, that. you yeah. go to a person. Do they even know they have cancer? How are they feeling about their cancer? What are they going through? You can be in a caring role and not care.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You can be just checking boxes about, okay, I did this and I did that and I did that. But does that person really, do they really know?
0: Do Do they, they, do do they feel cared for? Do they
1: feel cared for? Yeah.
0: Yesterday I got a CT scan and, uh, I'm thankful Mm -hmm. to report everything went well. So that's not the news newsy part of this, uh, part of our conversation, but the lady that, uh, the. The tech that did it, she was a caring person. Mm -hmm. And I told her two or three times, I like your style (laughs) because I felt like she cared about me. She knew I was a little nervous about this. And she just had the most caring way about her. I've, since I had cancer, uh, two and a half years ago, almost three now, I, uh, I've had a number of CT scans and a number of techs. All of them have done a competent job. I felt my care has been excellent. But this lady just was above and beyond the rest by the way she related to me when I was getting a CT scan. So the, the point we're making today is I believe everybody wants to live in a way that makes a difference. And there are And that doesn't just want to make a difference in this world, but wants to make a difference in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And we will make a difference in other people's lives based on the way we care for them. And we have learned through our experiences in home care and in hospice care and in ministry that, that there is a way to care for people. And when I was in ministry, I was doing jobs that really weren't caring for people and they they weren't satisfying me at the time. Now, if I were to go back, I think I would preach in a more caring way after my years of chaplaincy. Mm -hmm. I think I would lead to a more caring ministry and I think it would be a ministry that would make more of a difference. I think even building programs and all of that stuff, they can either be caring or they cannot be caring. And many right. times they're not. Many times they're, they care about the institution. They use people to accomplish the goals of the institution rather than care for people. Mm-hmm. And when we're not caring for people, we're not making the biggest difference. You know, I want to end on one more pivot which will actually head us in a new direction. It's going to be have to be carried at another time. But I think we, what we're talking about here is a new way of doing ministry, a a way of doing ministry, a way of living life that helps us live in a more caring way. And we need a new metric. We need a new measurement for what matters most because what we're saying here is caring for people is where we really feel we're making a difference in Mm -hmm. somebody else's life and making a difference in somebody else's life is what we want to do. And making a difference in somebody's life may be the most powerful thing that we do, the thing that's most needed in the world. So how can we measure that? How can we keep track of that? How can we focus on that? So that when we are measuring our success or trying to measure it, we have a metric that points out we're doing those things mm-hmm. that points out we're we're working on that so i want to I want to close today with with one little suggestion on that, and then we're going to talk about that in more detail mm-hmm. in the future. but since this is so important, I would suggest that everybody in their planning for their week, keep track of their people interactions, Mm -hmm. not just their tasks, not just their goals for what I need to get done, but how many people did I meet with this week? My, My system now, and I've used this for, I think I'm going on four years. I use Michael Hyatt's full focus Planner it's the best system I've ever had. Uh, you know, I'm addicted to it. And, uh, sometimes it's kind of like my security blanket. I plead guilty. It is, I love carrying my little full focus planner with me. And my favorite activity is every Monday I do a review of the previous week. Mm -hmm. And I have my task organized into three main areas. One is people uh, one is admin, and then one is, since I write a lot in podcast. here's the development of content. So my people relationships are making new contacts, but it's also mentoring people and visiting people and caring for people. And when I look back every week at what were my biggest successes of the previous week, I am always comforted when I realize that last week I had 10 or 12 meaningful interactions with people Mm -hmm. where I felt like I made a difference in somebody else's life. Because I go, if I succeed in the other things, but it doesn't make a difference in somebody else's life, I'm not sure it really mattered. I I think the only thing that really matters is when it matters in people's lives. Did I do something that made a difference Mm -hmm. in somebody else's life? And then sometimes it's even little things like visiting uh, my friend who is now disabled from a fall uh, after he was exercising. And I make a difference in his life when I just go and sit with him and and Mm -hmm. take him something to eat and we hang out for a little while and and i i want to make sure i have some of those appointments in my life and if i do them well i tend to do everything else well and i tend to operate in a way that even my leading is i'm paying attention to the people i'm working with i'm paying attention to their stories i'm being more people oriented my people skills are improving I don't get it right all the time. I hate even talking about this because then somebody can call in and go, Dan, you sure dropped the ball with me and they're probably right. Mm -hmm. But I want to make a difference in people's lives. I feel that's when I'm most productive. I feel that's what most matches my theology. And I find these seven essentials that we talk about are what makes the biggest difference in whatever role it is. So thanks for being here today. Thanks for sharing your story and helping me talk about this very important element so that we can help people make a difference, which is good for them. And it's good for the people who are being cared for because it's making a difference in their lives. Well, thanks for listening to that conversation. I hope it challenges you and helps you know and encourages you that when you're caring for people, that is where the most productive transformational part of ministry takes place. Uh, That's the most transitional experience exceptional part of life is when we're making a difference in someone else's life. And caring for people and practicing those seven essentials is the way to assure that we're doing that. Thanks for listening. And thanks, Susan, for being with me today. There's some other people I also need to thank for making this podcast possible. Zach Carter, thank you for producing and performing the opening song. Jim Hedinger, my brother. Thanks for composing the closing song, In the Midst of the Storm. And do take the two minutes of Jim's music to use for self-care and contemplation and processing what you've heard. Thanks, Andrew Hettinger, for editing and publishing this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. Please help us grow by sharing this podcast listening to it uh, i mean uh rating it and and sharing it with with people subscribing to it subscribe to the podcast and watch for our weekly emails also that that remind about listening to the podcast visit our website at com. a lot more about care ministry real life stories resources, and organizations that provide specialized care. Best Care Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. So your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate a donation. It will help us continue to produce this podcast and provide other resources, such as the upcoming seven essentials for caring that make a difference. Please go to the donate page of the website and make a recurring or a one-time donation. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here today. And now take two minutes for self-care. Be still, be quiet, listen and think to the calming music of Jim Hedinger and see what you hear.